Y'all, welcome back. I, I am so excited right now. This is uh, probably the first episode we've had that the guest reached out to me and was like, hey, call Eric and Vance. Let's do an episode. So Eric and Vance are here, which I I've long since considered them the heart and the diamond of this show. So thankfully, Vance has fixed his computer after spilling wine on it two weeks ago. So everybody, everybody wish him, wish him luck tonight. No, uh, no, we're on oh, it's still computer. not fixed. We're on no, a different no. computer, everybody. Uh, so our special guest this evening is none other than my brother, Sam Von Kennel, friend of the show, been on before. I'm sure all 200,000 of you have listened to that episode multiple times. By Wait, all Sam accounts, was on the show? Sam's been on the show before. Vance <laughs> is our co-host, big fan of the show has listened to none of them. <laughs> but I, I honestly would say that Sam is responsible for sparking my gambling interest, if not addiction, and probably a little bit of Vance and Eric's as well. Uh, back when we were in high school, I mean, Sam used to have like giant cardboard cutouts with, you know, the, the blind structures displayed and timers and alarms. Like Sam was such a professional card house operator, even before he could drive, that when I got to college, I went to like frat games and I was disappointed by like their lack of efficiency. I was like, you guys don't even know what you're like. This is awful. So before we get into any and all of that, Sam and Eric, y'all are in Texas, man. How are you? How's how's life? I am lucky enough right now. I have power. I have water. And I was able to make it to the grocery store. So I am much better off than most people around me right now. Yeah, that's pretty much all you can ask for at this point down here. Um, I've had power this whole time, which makes me, you know, one of the lucky ones. My water got turned off Tuesday afternoon, so I've been without water <laughs> since Tuesday afternoon. You're, you're 48 hours, no water. <laughs> oh. Oh, you're, my one, God. you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Because something that is required for life yeah. has been cut off from you. And yeah. yet you have another one that's required for life, so you're good. You're well, one of the lucky ones. warning about not having water, so I was able to fill up my bathtub. So, you know, hey, we're and we got I, snow, we got water around. It's good. I have friends that are melting snow on on their on their gas that. burners just so that they can flush their toilets. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we're not just talking about a you know half a day, we're talking about two days. You know, you you've shit in all your bathrooms, and now what? So yeah, you got a full house guys. of people. Like that's, yeah. that's a lot of water you're you gonna need. Kids? If I had my kids, yeah. are you? I can't imagine. Like anyway. Also, shout out to Ashley. Uh, I don't know where she is right now. I think she might be at her folks' house She's still because she got yeah she got some bad luck. I mean, it's it's crazy down there. So well, that, Joe, if Joe, if we're going for like a if we're going for a national audience here. Do, does everyone know that we all grew up in Texas? Like they were all like, Texanites. I, I think our eighteen followers know, considering okay. most of them are family. And they probably all know that once you leave Texas, even like like as me and you, you're still Texan, right? So you still understand what's going on. And what I'm excited about is the rationales they're going to use to actually like get around what's actually going on. Um, what I've seen from the Aggie forums that I've gone to is these, these three things, right? That's my Bible right there. Any yeah. online so, Aggie. There aren't a lot of like worse places, by the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> than the, the Aggie, Aggie forum. The Aggie, no, Aggie politics It's pretty much forum, parlor, but like it's, just. It's, it's amazing. Okay. If you were rich, like Ted Cruz, you would go on a, on a vacation too. Why should he have to cancel it? My favorite part of anybody that makes less than a million dollars a year is pretending that one day you'll have 30 million dollars in the bank and like well when i'm rich just like he is i want to make sure i can tell everybody eat my shit and leave like you're never going to be that i'm just like i can't anyway yeah but we are way like, off topic. but hold on like <laughs> to bring it to the topic though like 
aren't we all sort of gambling on the American dream? And isn't that the whole thing of what we're doing here? Like we all sort of want to believe that that's possible. Right. And in some ways it is possible. You have to have a lot of luck and, you know, some things go right for you than some opportunities that other people don't, but it's still a gamble that we're all gambling on. Right. And it's sort of an idea that pervades through all of us. I think Eric, you like nailed the fucking shit out of the nail on the head in that, while I got mad, we can go into this, but the Wall Street bet stuff, yeah. the limiting of people's betting, mm-hmm. the, the, the limiting of people's betting is the most un-American thing in the world. Because in America, you can take your mortgage, you can take everything that you have in the bank, you can go down to Vegas, you can put it on black. That is, you have a right as an American citizen to do that. And to limit that in any way is like super un-American to me. Yeah, and just the idea that like certain people are allowed to do it on a mass scale compared to others is yeah, it's that's kind of the crux of what that whole argument was, right? Yeah, that's actually yeah. that's actually not true, Vance. You you can't take all your money and go to the table and put it all on one spin. It doesn't work like that. There's there's setting minimums and maximums. And you know what I'm saying, like, I could get into, I could show them my cash. I could get into a high stakes table and I could put my money on black. Actually, that's a good question. Let's, let's, Sam, can he over, get over into a high stakes did, table right. with like, if he showed up with 500 grand, 500,000, half a million dollars and was like, I want to bet this all on one. Do you think a casino would take the bet? Not a chance. There you go. That's interesting. That's Why? Interesting. Because they want you to come lose that money over the course of a longer amount of time. And so getting all your money up front, they wouldn't do that without knowing they have the kind of assurance on, okay, are you going to continue to play if you win? need to play. And so, no, they're not going to take that type of liability on one shot, no matter the game. Uh, and so you, you could probably – My you whole plan for my down, retirement is yeah. squandered now. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the the South Park episode where they they yeah. go and put it all on Black Thirty Two or whatever. You know it, it wouldn't quite have worked out that way. Although absolutely uh, makes clear. sense. Yeah. I love it. All right, so clearly the topic tonight is gambling. And before we get into our thoughts on the concept of gambling, uh, as well as I, I think we're all going to trade a couple of gambling stories because we've been gambling together for years. I want to get I want our followers, all of our followers, to get to know Sam on a on a deeper level genuinely when sam and i growing up i mean i I think dude sam i think we were like 10 you know maybe 9 and 11 ish or whatever uh we started gambling on like kids tv shows like nickelodeon guts and legends of the hidden temple so very important question here who was your hidden temple team and follow-up question if you didn't choose silver snakes why do you like being a loser i was the orange iguanas Uh, really uh I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we grew up in Austin and I was a UT fan and they were orange. And that's, that's fair. <laughs> it's no, not that's, like that's complicated. Yeah. Not like love iguanas. <laughs> Wait, what was Sam? I would have probably gone purple monkeys. Yeah, purple parrots, but I remember that's what he was. Yeah. yeah purple it was parrots. Uh, yeah. Purple, monkeys, purple is my favorite color. So I would have gone purple. I buy that. Vance, are you but Googling? No, it's, it's wait, I thought it's purple monkeys too. Purple parrots, purple. green monkeys, blue barracudas, green red monkeys. I was a green monkey. I was a green monkey. Dude, Just like per- they, they always had like some like really uncoordinated person as the green monkey, and they always like failed. I mean, you were always sure that if you had been on that show, you would have just dominated, right? Like that's that's the thing about watching that show. You're like, I would have killed. I don't know why these kids suck. How many times me and John Rowe, I can say his full. Yeah, shout out. He's been on the show. um, 
that we've talked about how much we would destroy on that show. Dude, well, for as much as I remember watching that show and Sam and I genuinely gambling on that show, I would have thought that it ran like for my, I was stunned. It, it ran for two years, yo. Literally, it was it was three seasons and shut off, and the third season wasn't even full. Like I thought there were hundreds of episodes in the Well, show. they replayed them every day. Every day, but I guess I never caught on that they were like I just thought they were new every time. I don't like, whatever. Also, they made a movie. Did y'all know that? Uh they made a, a Legends of the Hidden Temple movie. Yeah. It stars the actress that played Dora the Explorer, Isabella Merced. Uh, Merced. I, 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 I had to Google that. But anyways, yeah. Sam and I gambled a ton at a young age. And I, I think a lot of people do in this way. Like I remember waiting for an elevator, like you'd pick the one that you think it's going to be. So like you're, you're basically gambling in that way. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a store checking out, you pick the line, the thing's going to be fastest. I think subconsciously everybody does this. If, no. you pull up to, no, if you pull up to a red light and there's three cars in front of you, everybody goes, all right, which one of these is going to be the fastest? I, I don't think there's a human being alive that doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, do, do you all agree with that? Because I think- Well, yeah, people surprised. that don't Absolutely see cars, but other not. than that, I see what you're saying. Absolutely not, because I, I married my wife, and she literally has no concept of what you're talking about right now, Joe. Really? <clears throat> no, when she goes up to a light, when she goes up to a fucking light, she just goes up to the light. She doesn't care how many cars are in front of her. Yeah, what? I know. How does what? That has to drive you absolutely as yeah, I could yeah. no no she has no concept of like how, this what the whole everything you just said Lauren literally is like that's not her jam that's not her world um, which Sam, balances me because this is my yeah. world <laughs> I mean dude Sam I don't think we ever stood waiting for a a either a, like a, like a, a, a store checkout line or an elevator or anything. We yeah. always picked one and gambled always. You know what I mean? Elevators was a big one. I remember. Yeah. Huge, huge. Like I, I don't see like in my head, I mean, I guess not Lauren, but I, I figure almost everybody game. Like I literally snap judge every car in front of me. And then I also go, I wonder who would be driving that car. And I'm going to have guess probably an asshole. He's probably going to go like straight away green. So I'm getting behind him. Like for sure. I can't believe what people kind of, What kind of car is it? Like, yeah. If it's a Mercedes or a BMW, made. I'm getting behind that one. Like for sure, that's what I'm getting behind. If it's a minivan, probably not. They're probably distracting. No, all no, people. no, there's a whole nother world of, of regular people that don't live in our world. <laughs> See, and maybe, wow, this whole time, like I've got a lot of shit written. Like I just assume everybody's aware. Like even weddings, the, the wedding business in America, that's a huge gamble. People spend hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on a ring. That is a question. That is a genuinely, like you think you know I've the answer. You kind of hope out. you know the answer. I've got bets out with Lauren right now on our friends and who's going to get divorced first. Literally, <laughs> I've got outstanding bets out with her about wow. which ones I think. And if I, I have really good odds too, because like obviously we don't think they're going to fail. So I'll set the odds and then I'll make the bet. <laughs> what's what's the you payout? Start sabotaging. What are the yeah. payouts? <laughs> the payout is I get to buy something at X price. And it gets to be X amount of like outrageous. Fair. I like right? that. Right. So, so if like one of our best friends get divorced, I got odds on that like big time. So I get to buy something really fucking cool. Can one of the things you buy be a new headset? Because I know you broke it after last week's and you sound weird with this new one. Wow. You really did smash the hell out. For people at home, uh, Vance, when he broke his computer with wine, I guess he also just spiked his headphones on the wall as you do. It's kind of lying here. I would have too. Don't don't even worry about it. Honestly, I would have too. All right. So all of that to say is, in my opinion, I think everybody gambles every day. 
not necessarily casino gambling, but I think at least once a day, everybody gambles somehow. But let's talk specifically casino gambling. Cause that's, I mean, Sam, would you even call your spot a casino? Is that fair? Is that, is that a, is that an unfair allocation there? <clears throat> I mean, we don't offer, no, no, we don't call it like a casino. It, it has some things that casinos have in that it has, you know, atmosphere and poker tables and now slot machines or in Texas, as we call them, sweepstakes machines. I but, was uh, yeah. to see freedom it. prize. Sir. What is, how does that, how does that work, man? Like how, how did like, I put in a $5 bill or do I, do I even put cash into the machine? Uh, you set up an account and you preload oh. kind of like a Dave and Buster's card. And that's your account number. That's your card. You preload it with money. And from that, you how can go f- to any machine. How do you ensure that? How do you ensure that? It's all on a server outside of the building that's under lock and key and camera. But how do you ensure, like, whether or not... The runoff of computers, not not actually, like, pull machines. Okay. So you just trust the database? Yes. And and you don't have to... Okay. That's wild. You better hope no one one figures out that database or your card system. I imagine they spend quite a bit of capital and time and money to yeah. ensure that. And I'd imagine yeah. that for each of you, man. Do you, Sam? Like, do you I have mean, like the black room where you take the people in, you know? No, it, are, it, it's, it's a, it's a 1998 Dell laptop yeah. sitting in a, in a closet. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So, okay. So the first, After the first gambling house, and you just <laughs> it runs it. on MS DOS. It's totally unhackable. So, yeah, so, so to answer your question, no, I don't call what I do running a casino. A couple similarities, but it's strictly just in the, just as it relates to poker. I have a question. Hey, wait, so wait, what do you call it then, Sam? Uh, we call them social clubs. And, I mean, you can even call them poker clubs. That's that's the terminology down here. I mean, it, it's just it's 90% poker. Sure, there's some pool tables. We have a sports lounge where you can, you know, with the UT Longhorn Network and all that shit because we're in Austin. But, I mean, it's, it's poker. They're poker clubs. I have a question, though. If it was – legal and acceptable to have a more casino like you know setup would you want to do that <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah you sign me Good, up immediately if i could play craps within driving distance it would ruin me but i would love it yeah i mean t- table games and sports booking for sure you know that would be do you think that will happen um i know they proposed something in the legislature session right now to like Talk it's going to take a serious. Texas is going to have to have a major recession first. We're going to have to, you know, start losing money. Oil's not doing as good as it used to be, yep. so it could be sooner than later. But COVID didn't help. the the big the big question is in you know in our world is will weed be legal or will gambling be legal? One of them will come first, but I don't think either one of them come for a while. Yeah, I think you're a few years away for sure, at least. But the, but the the thing is, is that like gambling now, like on. Bovada and shit like that is legal. So like, and federally it's legal. Like there's a federal law. So you guys are in a better position than weed people are because federally, like they're way more behind than gambling. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you could compare it to you know several years ago, all the stores opening up in California. They were taking a risk on will they get raided federally, but you know statewide they wouldn't. And I worry more i think it's more of a reality having the local authorities come raid you than a federal raid and so you know it's 
while it's similar and that yes, one is for it and one isn't quite, it's it's probably more difficult in my situation, being that the local authorities have less to do and more focus on what you're doing than the federal federal ones. Good point. It's interesting that Sam, that's you're now a little guy, man. Yeah. That's 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 we're the mom we are the mom and pop shop. You know? Exactly. And then when you're not the mom and pop shop, that's gonna be a good thing. I don't know. I probably wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be an advocate right now if it, if it went to a vote that I got to you know, have a vote in. I, I wouldn't vote for legalized recreational gambling, you know, casino. Really? Why is that? Yeah. It would be bad for my personal business. Or in the market, yeah. I can't offer what casinos offer. I mean, poker is a male-oriented sport, but sure, yeah. you, can, you can bring the wife, you can bring the in-laws, you can bring the sister, you can. You know, to the casino because they have buffets, they have shows, they have slots. You know, they, they have a lot more than what I can offer. And they have a lot of profit margins that they could just shatter us if they wanted yeah, to. And so it's, I don't think we, would, we could exist. Hmm. And so, you know, while I'm a gambling advocate, I probably wouldn't right now be an advocate for legalized casino style. So things. it's funny because you have the same, like um, – I guess it's the same relationship that I have to automized cars, right? Like in my profession, I make my money off people rear-ending other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Not sexually, for the record. Yeah, and both, both. Joe, you know about <laughs> you know about that career I have. Uh, <laughs> it's different when you're talking about, I guess, Sam's position because yeah, because I there's certain like there's a moral thing about like getting in a car wreck and actually having people injured or the death penalty compared to like, you know, it'd be really cool, man. If I could put 20 on 20, whatever the fuck I want, like, that's not really the same thing. Okay. So why then do the people that think gambling is like the worst thing ever, or the ones that are morally against it, why are they morally against it in your, you know, in your opinion? I mean, there are people who like end up, gambling away a lot more than they can afford to lose and there is a certain amount of addiction to it right it does qualify in that sometimes at least socially if not by the dsm medically i'm not sure but you know i do think there is some sort of moral question about it as far as social responsibility right like how much should we allow people the opportunity but as vance was talking about earlier like this is America. This, this is what we do. We allow people to just go for it. So, yeah, I don't oh. think. I think it's people have a consumption problem, not necessarily a gambling problem. It's you know the same people that would say, "Oh, I'm so against gambling. I'd never go to a casino." Are the same ones who would go out on a golf course amongst their friends weekly, and you know do participate in Calcutta's and participate in you know twenty bucks a hole going bowling, you know, 10 bucks a pin. It's not the stakes. It's that the casino is 24 hours a day and gives you the most opportunity for it. And so it's people's consumption of it. It's not what it is. Like people consume too much, you know, alcohol, tobacco, food, you know, people have consumption problems. They don't have no regulation of, of their own decisions. And so, you know, it, you know, people blame, you know, need to blame something. And so they blame gambling and they blame it. You know, they say it's a sin, but you know, it's it's just their own inability to control their consumption. Well, there's. Are, are you? Would you argue that you're profiting off people's inability to control their consumption? One hundred percent. 
<laughs> Hell I mean, yeah. In the same way that Jack the Butter Burger man. does with me, right? Like that's, yeah, that's dude. Kind of the way it works. Any, any fast food that's open at 3 a.m. knows who they're targeting. Like that's that's someone who has lost control either by virtue of drugs or they're just still awake and they're hungry. Like I've been on both sides of that spectrum and I've gone to Wendy's every time. Like it, it's many a time. But I will say there, it's probably not. I think we have to be. This is a stupid thing. People say we have to be careful about things when it doesn't fucking matter. But like, <laughs> I caught myself doing it. I was like, we have to be, be very, very careful. Oh my God. Guys, what's going to happen? We say it. I would say <laughs> there is something to be said about the fact that like, you know, chemically, scientifically, there is a certain like morphine hit, endorphin hit about doing certain trigger. Yeah. That like, actually if you do them enough, you need it more and more. So like, you know, it's not, I just, I guess I want to say it's not just like a matter of making a choice time after time. That's even keel, right? Like mm. there is a certain thing that happens inside of you chemically that sort of produces these types of reactions. And we invested heavily in the build out of my club to make sure that you are distracted from, you know, reason and, and, you know, and, and your you know ability to fight those things. I mean, no, there's no clocks. There's no windows. You know, it could be two in the morning or two in the afternoon. You won't know the difference. But there's, you know, bright lights flicker in. There's, the, you know, the right type of noises and music in the background. And the scenery is nice. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeding into all those trigger mechanisms and making sure that you don't snap out of it. Sure. I'm, I have well, no problem but, saying that. You know what you're also feeding? The beauty of, like why sports are fun and why gambling is fun, which is it is an escape from reality. Is it, it is an escape from like the mundane and it is a, a time where like in your job, you're going to work and you're going to have a nine to five and like, you're only going to make this amount of money, but you go into a casino and you, the odds are stacked against you, but you could come out of there a very wealthy person if you play your cards right, or if you get lucky. And that is an escape from your reality because you play your cards right in reality and you're not going to come out lucky. You're probably going to come out, especially if you're a minority, especially if you're lower income, like you're not going to come out very well, but you the casino offers something that, that maybe can take you out of that. And when you're there and you're gambling, you are not in your reality. You're in another yeah. reality. Yeah. It's like one of those that. things where like anything is possible, right? Like we all strive for just the possibility that this could happen. And that is immediately a thing that happens once you walk into one, right? Anything. Yeah. If you hype that up, like, yes, that's what I want. Because I like that feeling of when I sit down at a table or, or like I go to a casino where I'm like, if you guys make this like a very safe and, and comfortable environment for me, I will be more willing to have fun here knowing that I'm going to lose money, but I'm having fun because like the atmosphere is cool. Go ahead, Sam. I think to, because it's poker and not necessarily the kiss other casino games, like there are, there are people that lose, you know, obviously, you know, primarily, you know, 90% of them are losers. The difference is nobody's losing it to the house. Mm -hmm. And so because it's a social club made up of, you know, 90% of our revenue honestly probably comes from less than a hundred actual members that we have. And so, you know, yeah, you might lose it to Vance today, but Vance is coming back tomorrow. And then Vance mm. might lose some to Joseph tomorrow. And then Joseph will lose some to me. And then I'm going to lose some. And so like, it, it kind of 
comes back around the house never just swoops in and oh you know dealer has 21 wipes down the table and that money's fucking gone yeah. and so it, 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 it yes they lose but you know it, it kind of comes back around and, and sure the better players win more often and and hold on to it longer but you know as long as it's, it's as, because it's poker the money just kind of stays in that community bouncing around and that's actually one of my favorite things about gambling and it Sam said it comes back, it goes into the community and stays there is like you do form a community when you're gambling with just random people, no matter what you're doing. And I think that's kind of awesome, right? Like there's not a lot of things outside of sports where you just like, oh, we have this in common. We're rooting for this outcome. So we are together on this, right? It is awesome. But you know, but you know how to you know how to generate that um that camaraderie? Bet on the game. And you'll be right. Yeah, if you bet on that Seahawks game, yeah. you're going to be the biggest Seahawks fan in the yeah, world. Absolutely. absolutely. If you're around a blackjack table and it's hot, everybody's high-fiving. You know what I mean? Every, if you're gambling with a group of people over any amount of time, odds are you're going to make friends with them. Unless you're Sam in South Dakota at a poker tournament uh, where these people hated his ass. Absolutely hated God that. damn counting him no, he Sam called the rules break twice. He called the pit boss over twice to be like, uh, hey, actually, what this guy just did right here, that's not allowed. Motherfucker pulled out the book and went, oh, yes, yeah, sir, I'm sorry, you're right. Something, something, let's fix that. Yeah, these people hated him, man. It was awesome. It was so much fun to be a part of. Current counting cards. I was very respectful the whole time. Uh, you got to respect the game. But yeah, when you know, I, I, there were a couple of moments where I knew that I was right, and you know, I was getting a ruling from a dealer that was you know not correct and also very bad for me. And so, yeah, we, we, we threw the challenge flag a couple times, and yeah, we batted batted a hundred percent on my challenge flag. You should have seen. Oh my god, I cannot imagine South Dakota people like reacting we, to this. Like really well. We literally had to pause the whole tournament. I'm outside smoking while the manager's on the phone looking up the rules and trying to find it. Like online, <laughs> I'll be outside. Wait, can I get the? Can I get the, Joseph? We're smoking. The guy comes out. He printed up the rules. He's like, "I'm so sorry, Sam. Like you're right. Like it was. Like, yeah. so first Wait, of all, what's the context? What happened? Here's the context. I'll at least set it up, and Sam can take you the more poker details, but I'll give you the story. Uh, Sam is visiting me in Pierre, South Dakota, the closest casino that is a real casino. What year is this? This is two years ago, recently, two, two and a half years. Uh, the closest real casino, because in Pierre and in all over the Midwest, Indian, every, gas, right? every gas station has a casino. Not even Indian. Okay. Every gas station has a casino. Swear to God. Every, they you, have slot you, machines. They have slot yeah, machines. are just slot machines. Most of them sell beer. And people sit there and play all day. So Sam and I yeah. drive three hours to a poker tournament that is happening at a real, real casino out in Deadwood. And Deadwood's dope. It, it's fucking awesome. If you get a chance, go. We drive out there for three hours and the whole way Sam's talking his shit, which he always does. So I take no mind to it. I pay no heed to three hours worth of I'm taking this thing. This is me. This is me. Three fucking <laughs> I hours. That, yeah. We walk in, you know, Sam, we walk in, Sam glances around this poker room and looks me dead ass in the eye. And suddenly the show is gone. And he goes, I'm going to win this game. I was like, like it, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, me too, bro. He goes, no, 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 I'm gonna win this, and he sits down, and I, you know, we played for, I played for maybe two, three hours. Of course, I bust out. I got like 28th place or whatever the fuck, no money. At this point, I go out and have a cigarette, and I hear two or three people talking about this. There's kid in there that he just, I just, I don't get what he's doing. Oh, he's, I just, I he's not playing. Well, here's the deal. 
probably what six, seven tables, Sam, maybe, maybe six tables, maybe six or 70 people. 70, 70 people. So yeah, it's about eight tables. Let's say 70 okay. people. And it was a, it was a, it was Dude. a tournament. Yeah, a tournament that happened every week. It was actually the seventh week in a row to cap off a seven weekend stretch game. That was so, the main event spring, for South Dakota. The spring Cla- Cadillac Jacks. <laughs> you know when you got okay, the hang on, hang on, hang on. The 2019 Cadillac Jacks Spring Class South Dakota Spring Classic. It was the main event. Rolls right off his tongue. He's not kidding. It literally was day seven. Sam and I have not been here ever before. We just walk in. So these guys, at least 50 of them, know each other because they've now been playing together for seven fucking weeks. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, all, yeah. they all know each other. Yeah, they were here all comes this pompous asshole that they've never met who's suddenly winning. I mean, Sam's in the chip lead from early on, and like he's at least in the top five the entire way. So they hate his guts. He's challenging and all that shit. So, anyways. Sam calls the rule book over and everybody turns, everybody groans, yada, yada. Wait, wait, yada. why did you call the rule book over? I want to yeah, hear that. that's all. Take it from here. I, I really don't remember. It was something pretty basic, though. It was it, acting out of turn and then whether or not the action had to stand. It depends on a couple different things. And the, the dealer, he was almost so right. He, he was kind so of right. So, but So someone acted out of turn and... I had acted out of turn. Oh, you acted out of turn. I acted out of turn. Mistake you called on something my part. Or you like called something or you went all in or something out of turn. Correct. Y'all don't even know because the game continues. And at this oh, point, okay. it was down to two tables. It eventually gets down to one table. There's probably six, seven guys left, all of whom know each other except for Sam. They all go, all right, you guys just want to chop this pot. Everybody just kind of go home evenly. Dealer goes, yeah, that's cool. Pit boss goes, yeah, that's cool. Sam stands up and goes, nah, boys, I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, Sam has never chopped a pot in his life. No, no. fucking never shit happened. <laughs> For no. I don't think we're going to do that, boys. Goes out and has a cigarette, comes back in. And True I, to form, not, not cutting dude, a pot. Not 20 minutes later, it's all said and done. Sam won like seven grand or whatever the fuck. Like actually cashed a pretty good pot. Glad he didn't split it because we had like, I, we had an agreement that if either one of us made money, I'd get 10% or he'd get 10%, which I, I appreciate the charity, bro, because that's as much money as I've ever made walking out. Sam, of the- uh, were you in need? Like, did you, were you drinking this whole time? Were you? No? No. I mean, I was getting high, but that's my normal. I, I was. Okay. Yeah, what I was saying, you weren't sober. Cause like, I mean, look, I could brag about it all like day long. These, these guys were all over 65 years old. And so I they know. Were- Hey, Sam, they read Doyle Bronson's book. <laughs> That's what, exactly. Oh, they oh, grew oh. up with Doyle Bronson. These I, guys I know exactly how these guys. <laughs> that ain't right. You can't spot. We're supposed to bet that. Wait, so I, book? that leads me to the question of like, how many tournaments do you play in like a year, Sam? Uh, since leaving my first club and, and starting back over, I haven't played hardly any at all, okay. but th- there was a time where I was checked out of my first company mentally. And yeah, I just went on a, on a mission. We went to every circuit stop within, you know, two or three States. And so, I mean, I was, what was, playing. Your, what was your first company. Uh, Texas card house was the first one and no longer with Texas card house. I left it, um, just before COVID hit and started a new one by myself. Did you start? Didn't you start that one? 
I started, yeah. I, I founded Texas Card House six years ago. That. And sold it just after its fifth year anniversary. And then didn't have a non-compete. And so when Corona oh. hit. Good job. Yeah. When Corona hit, uh, the club that was kind of in third place in, in Austin called Austin Poker Palace, I, I talked to them and they weren't going to make it through quarantine. They were pretty much shutting down. So I just transferred right. it and, and renamed it Palm Social Club and started started over. Okay. All right. So in, the, in the last year, I haven't played shit. But, you know, the two or three years leading up to that, you know, we, we were putting, you know, four four to five thousand a week on tournaments how did you feel about living that life was that like did you get the rush did you enjoy doing that or did it feel like a grind at any point uh i'm blessed i have the the beauty of you know income coming in whether or not i'm successful on the table and it's it has allowed me to play a very different strategy of game, one that's a lot more enjoyable because it's it's kind of risk free. You know, if I lose, I lose, and if I win, that's just even more money to go fuck around with because you know, my bills are paid from you know the, the 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 job, the equity that I had in Card House as it was paying out monthly, and so you know I, I was I was fortunate, and so yeah, it was a blast. Was, right, I mean, just I, a vacation, just a yeah, the most most fun most fun two years I've had in you know, in my entire life by far. It's Vance funny because uh, that cause... theory of if you're free rolled, you play different. Vance discovered that theory at shout out to Clay Garrison, his house when Vance is, when Clay's mom spotted you in that tournament at Clay's house. This is going back to like high school days, and Vance won the whole thing because he played all night loose because it's way different when it's not your fucking money. It and really he, won the, he won the night it's just because like obviously it's a bit different than going to a casino, but it's the same, more or less theory. Yeah, you know what? The more therapy I've gone through in my life. The better I've gotten at poker, it's like correlated. Like, why do you think that is? Um, yeah, do tell. Like, because I can, I'm not operating off of fear. I'm operating off of I can like control my, uh, like I guess, evolutionary response to being threatened or being scared about money, and then now I can deal with that much better than I could. So Does- like. If I sit down at the table, I can I can be like, okay, the losses are not as bad and the wins are not as high. I didn't know that you weren't like that was really interesting to me that you weren't actually like engaging in poker and gambling and stuff. Because you don't well, have you to. Won well, he's not playing poker, he's still gambling, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I imagine. Of course. Well, well sorry, and that's a whole other thing we I haven't say, even touched yet. We haven't even I touched say on. that with like a grain of salt in that we're gambling every day on everything at all times. I mean, different mediums. I'd say don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm probably logging 50 hours a week on a poker table right now. Okay. That's you like taking it easy. (laughs) And and so a a lot of it, a a lot of that though is it's different. It's, it's me being the first one at the, you know, at the club an hour before we open. And then we open the doors at 11, you know, me shaking hands, greeting the first two or three old fucks that come in on their lunch breaks, you know, me sitting down with them four and five handed, getting the game started till it, you know, naturally fills up. And so, you know, it's, it's different. I'm not play, you know, while I am playing poker and being social at the table, 
I'm not playing to bust these customers that are, you know, I'm now trying to just keep them in their seats as long as possible. It's, it's a different, you know, I'm, Your I'm goal. showing them my aces, you know, pre-flop and saying, Hey buddy, you know, good fold here. You know, if they're in the tank and I got the nuts, I'm not trying to fucking smash them. It's, well, you know, it's a whole different. You mean when, but, you mean when E had the nuts and showed it to you and then you showed. <laughs> I had your, five, eight, five, eight. Yeah. What, what yeah. am I? What do you think I'm doing? Yeah, you can. I'll never, Vance. That was at your dad's house. I'll never forget that. No, it wasn't. It was no, at the Dylan's basement. Yeah. It was at Dylan's house, bro. Oh, then I misplaced The infamous when Sam showed him, and Eric was like, "I have." Like, oh, yeah. Oh, That's when I, Sam I, got his nickname. That's yeah. Carnival Sam first. Carnival Sam, yes. Carnival Sam first got crowned. I'll never that forget. I'll, I'll never forget that. Holy, I, yeah. That hand, I'll never forget it. You guys literally got me like into poker. Like, yes, I, you know, wanted to organize. You know, it was because you got me into it that yeah, I would organize it and you know try to run it you know as best I could because I just thought it was fun. But like, I mean, it was going with. You know, Joseph, you were driving. You know, a lot of times, Vance, it was at your yeah. dad's house. Like, I remember, like, oh yeah. You know. Oh man. I and you'd it. always win, and then I'd take a, I'd take a rake in that pot. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. What did I say? Anytime I won, I'd give you like five or ten percent or something. Yeah, like, dude, I'm still holding you to that. Although you don't get any of my five percent. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like the swap, bro. Yeah. That five percent would have paid out. What'd you what'd you make you don't have to say, but what'd you make on the, the little drop one shot in Vegas? The, the biggest score we've had to date was fifty eight thousand. Yeah. fucking insane for playing cards over a couple of days like that's have you yeah. been to vegas recently like post covid have you been i i went during quarantine yeah Jesus. what was How that was like it? um nuts it was one of the most wild experiences i've ever had Whoa. <laughs> do tell what yeah do tell i, I was um going out with uh i think joseph you met him at thanksgiving you know, a friend of mine, Tian, you know, young oh, I love that Vietnamese guy. kid. He he's fresh off of a ninety thousand dollars score on a sports bet. And so what? we're we're in Vegas. <laughs> we're in Vegas and the dude's, you know, slinging ten thousand dollar bets on the Baccarat table. You know, I, I you know, he at one point he just slides me 20 grand and says, come play with me. I'm like, Tian, I don't play Baccarat. I don't play these type of stakes. Like, oh, no. you, know, I, you know, the biggest bet, you know, biggest table games I'm ever going to play is 500. And I got to be up a lot of money to do that. And he's exactly, you know, he takes me to a table at Caesars in a section that I didn't even know exists. And, he, <laughs> and yeah, it, it was, it was insane. I mean, we, we swung through a ton of money. I mean, the downswing was insane, but if you ever drop sixty grand in a night at Caesars, trust me, they take care of you really well. That's that sounds like so much fun, and I, dude, I, I gotta tell you, I'm like, man, I would love to lose a hundred grand in one night at a casino. I, 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 I want a webcam on Sam's head. I just want a webcam, well, dude. Okay, I've it. been I've been secondary, like Sam alluded to. We literally that this is just my family. Like we went to Thanksgiving in Vegas a couple of years back. Like my mom, my aunt, my uncle, cousins, we all went. And being in Vegas with Sam is far different than being there without him. 
He's just there's just a magnet of, of interesting characters like this TN guy and multiple others who just walked up to ask Sam, like, because we'd be sitting at whatever little sports betting place and just dudes would just walk in and be like, so what are you taking on this game? What are you taking on that? Like just asking Sam's advice and just all like all this shit. Like there's just like an energy and a vibe about him. Well, the day comes, we all go to leave. Uh, it's a Sunday night and or Sunday afternoon or whatever. And everybody leaves except for my flight gets canceled. So now I've got like seven hours to kill. So I go back to the exact same spot. Nobody gives a fuck that I'm there. Nobody's asking for my opinions on the game. The waitress won't even bring me a beer. Like it is by no means is being with Sam like a VIP experience, but shit by comparison, it's way better. Like here's, okay, here's just one thing. The first time we were ever in Vegas, this is a genuine real story years, years ago, probably seven, eight years ago. It was just Sam, my mom and I, we went out and we bet a bunch of football and this was like, you know, pre, I think Sam, this was pre your like clubs being open. This is going way back, but uh, we'd bet sports all day or whatever. And there was a Lakers game that night. It was the only lock that I felt good about all day. I bet the Lakers, it was like some night game, doesn't matter. But the bartender in the sports book literally wouldn't change a TV when I asked him, I was like, hey man, can you put on the Lakers game? You're in the sports book. You're in the sports book. I was like, hey man, can you put on the Lakers game? He's like, nah. It was like playing some like, literally like pardon the interruption or some like not live sports. And I was just like, are you, what, huh? Because yeah, I'm not doing that, man, not right now. And so I was just like stunned. And like, I go back to sit by like Sam and my mom and Sam's like, what's up, dude? Why do you look so sad? I was like, the fucking guy over there wouldn't shit. Sam stands straight up, walks over to the pit boss. That TV channel changed in six fucking minutes. Six yeah. fucking, it, it, it's just ridiculous. The difference of what Vegas can be with and without the right people. The, the uh, cool thing about the casinos, man, like, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but they have developed a, a class system. And yes. you earn points, and you have tier yes. scores. And you and mean you like to... you mean like America? <laughs> how we've developed a class system? Well, yeah, Sam's walking around. People, Sam's got like ten grand on his fucking wrist in a, in a nice ass watch. I'm, I'm wearing like Adidas sweatpants. Yeah, you can't. So I've walked into these like Lauren's really into bags. I got really into bags. Like bags are fucking cool. Person, research them. They're fucking cool. We did an episode bags. on them. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, there's a class system. Um, and they look America, down on my ass. Yeah, of course they do. Because America is built on that. That's American as shit. I love that. It really. By is. the way, uh, uh, Sam, I um, I, I go to the Preakness every year because it's it's there. Oh, that's and fun. Yeah, dude, it's so much fun. Last last time I was there, obviously I didn't go this year, but um, Eddie. Um, what the fuck is that NHL player that handicaps horses? Eddie Olkit, Olchich, Olchich. Basically, Google Google Eddie Olchich NHL. He handicaps horses. He's on like all of the um, Kentucky Derby. He's like the main guy that they show I know who you're on. About. Yeah, he's an NHL guy. If you guys just like Google it, you'll know. I saw him. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got it. I got it. It's like, it's like Sam. I'm sure this is how Sam. I like went up to him and I was like, very respectful. And he was talking to some guys and I was like, hey, what about that, uh, this horse in this race? And, and he was like, actually, I kind of like this horse. And I was like, is it because of this and this and this? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> See you later. Wait, wait, say that story again. Yeah, yeah, it's a great and, story. No, so hey, what's the biggest y'all have ever bet on sports is or, or or horses, sports, horses, anything like that? What what's the most you've ever thrown down? Eighteen hundred. Yeah, I've not done that much. Five hundred, I think. Yeah, I think mine's about the five hundred range. Sam, where are you at? I mean, that that's actually a pretty big number, Vance. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, Aggies. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You, like, you bet your heart, though, right? That was a 
Yeah. No, what I do is I've watched every minutia of every Aggie play and spring practice. And then I, I watch every play and I go back years. So I, I scout the players on the other team, like what they were like the year <laughs> before, all the starting players. And I see what's going on. And then I live bet it. And I'll just live bet. I live bet the Aggie money line on the Tennessee game at like minus 185. Uh, 1800 bucks because what we're gonna lose to Tennessee, yeah. Mine was a Baylor over when they first got our Bryles. Then, then, Vance, did you pound the live bet Aggie against North Carolina in the bowl game? You know, I bet it. Oh, dude, I never live bet so many times. I got it at plus 155. Yeah, yeah, dude. Aggie, and you know, next year, Aggie's gonna make so much money. Everyone that listens to podcast, bet on the Aggies. Find that like bet on Sunday. Let's look here. Whatever the line is, bet it. Hmm. Cause we'll cover. Vance, well, let's do a let's do a weekly sports pick podcast next football season. Dude, oh, that's I would love to do that. Even if it's just 20 minutes, I'm game. Yeah. Dude, okay. So I uh I looked up let's a bunch all of four, the... let's all four do a sports betting podcast. No, that'd be fun. Honestly, that'd be fun. I looked up some of the biggest sports bet wins in Vegas history. Uh, a lot of more people you would know. This guy you might not. Do you guys know who Vegas Dave is? I've heard the name, actually. Yeah, I had two. I, I obviously couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but he's made some huge bets that he's won. Uh, when the Royals won it back in 2015. Oh, my he, God, yeah. He bet it. They were like 30 to 1. He had to spread his money around on like 15 different casinos because the casinos were like, we won't. In the same way that Sam's theory from earlier, like you can't just walk up with your mortgage. They're going to tell you to go away. They wouldn't do it. So he, had to, he won like $2.5 million. He bet <laughs> Rousey versus uh, Holly Holm when Holly Holm was an 11 to 1 underdog. He put like $20,000 on it. What? Yeah, he won well over $200,000. Dude, that's not even the biggest one. Get this. Phil Mickelson. The year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, he bet that preseason, he bet their future. He put 20K down. He won over $500,000. Whoa. Yeah, dude. And then this is the biggest one. Mayweather just go around doing wild shit all the time. Right. Dude, Charles Barkley, when the Pats uh, won the Super Bowl in 2002, Charles Barkley won $800,000. Won to combine on all the bets that he made on this. Like, it's crazy. Here is, though, a list of verifiable biggest losses yeah holy shit y'all uh there's there's so many stories out there and if you go online you'll find plenty of rumors and whatnot but there are verifiable ones that the actual like binion's horseshoe verifies this one william lee bergstrom austin texas native this dude this dude is a trip he has multiple times bet five hundred thousand dollars on one dice roll to craps table Oh, One. no. But it's only because he's allowed to because he's nicknamed the Phantom Gambler. Yeah, he's, you know, he's built up his tier points to where he's yeah. probably a five-diamond member, and he can do it. They trust that he's going to come back, win or lose. Right. So Berkshire uh, Airport. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you might be. I didn't even so think it about like it. A, it's like a tier system. You have to build yeah. up your credit. Yeah. So they, they expected him to come back, win or lose, except for mm-hmm. here's the deal. One night, he put a million dollars down on a craps throw and lost – Less than a month later, he was found dead of a drug overdose, guys. So that's that's something, you know what I mean, guys? Morally, remember when you about, asked your question? Morally, why, are about regul- why are they regulating this stuff? Yeah, bro. Uh, okay, so this is one that a dealer at uh, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't know if I even should say his name because whatever, but I don't know if you're even allowed to say this, but I found it in a forum. Uh, he says a dude sat down with three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in chips. 
A dude sat down. The dealer took his break, his allotted 20-minute break, had a cigarette, had a meal, whatever, quick came back. 20 minutes, the guy had less than 20 grand on the table. He had lost $300,000 in 20 minutes. Three hundred thousand dollars in twenty. Holy God! So it, it, yeah, I like it clearly. Like, you know, enough of the negative stuff because whatever. But this one's my favorite. Because no, I don't. I don't feel bad about, for these. People. No, I don't. I don't either. But why did you my sit favorite. down at a table with three hundred twenty? Like you're an idiot. Three hundred twenty is nothing. Terrence Watanabe, Watanabe. I don't know. Terrence Watanabe. Loves baccarat. Y'all want to take guesses here? He's. This is the biggest verifiable loss in the history of Vegas, and you can Google it. Guess how much he lost over the course of one year, 2007. Oh, no. It's in the millions. So start there. Two. 18. Um, I mean, it's definitely going to be well over that. I mean, I wouldn't even what? be if it's 200. 127 million. No, no. In the fiscal no. year of 2007. Makes me 127 million. Oh my God, y'all. Oh my God. That's, in, oh I can't God. even. We could just give everyone in America like a bunch of money. Here's the, th- dude. Oh yeah. Could, but okay. Here's the thing. I, gambling is, in my opinion, a divinely selfish act. There's no way to spin it any other way. It is just pure selfish that you're never gambling for charity otherwise you would have just given your money to charity you're not going to place a bet hoping the winner only so it is in my opinion when used as directed just like everything else in life when you control it when you can control yourself just like anything else it's a beautiful exercise in self-gratification when you hit that big spin or that big it is one of the better feelings in the world i mean it's it's like a drug and that's why I asked that question earlier, because I think the moral issue with gambling is so closely, at least in some people's mind, tied to addiction like drugs, like crack or like heroin. You know what I mean? Like it is 100% selfish. It takes both your money and time and all that. But in my opinion, and this is, I'm, I'm reaching, but go with me. It's just like getting a massage. It's just like going to a movie. It's just like going on a hike. All of these activities are solely for yourself and everybody's okay with it. Nobody's mad if you go get a massage. Nobody's mad if you go to on a hike. And there are right now for sale $600, $700 hiking shoes. I mean, it's incredibly selfish. It's incredibly expensive and time-consuming. And I think the issue is people treat gambling not like a hike, whereas I find both to be incredibly gratifying. I find both to be very good for you. Why is the difference? Is it just the money? The difference is, no, the difference is um, the influence the the ability to wield the sword of gambling right if you Mm. make it to where like you can be really predatory and make people start gambling when they wouldn't have done so otherwise or you go too far in that you sell an idea to a struggling parent or something they can you know pay their college tuition for their kid by come gambling at the casino if you allow that free reign access to like let them do that, that's not going to be a good thing. However, there becomes a line where there's like a personal responsibility of like, yeah. why you know, aren't you they allowed be, to try? Uh, you should maybe uh, some antenna should should maybe come off. Maybe like a little uh, like warning system of like if someone's offering, if you're it, it, nothing in life is free. It's all sucks and it's all a grind. But and if we're legalizing being a bad parent, there's a lot of parents that are going to jail. It, that's a great point. But uh, 
Thank you, sir. Guys, let's legalize being a parent. I think it's time. I think it's 2021, guys. It's time to stop the stigma. I had no comeback to that. You're so right. Bro, I'm not a great parent, but I know plenty of way shittier ones. (laughs) I don't think you can. But that's what I mean. Real easy to be a bad one. It's in in the same way that these are all selfish activities, getting massage, going on a hike, gambling. They're all just selfish activities in as much. I would honestly consider it the same as getting a haircut. So like, yeah, that's my question though. Is therapy like a selfish activity? And, but that I think there's a certain equation of selfishness to wrong here that I don't think is true. Hmm. Right? Like there's a real thing that we should all take part in. And so selfishness, I think, as a word or as a phrase or as an idea, sort of implies something that isn't good, where I don't know that like just because I go on a hike to clear my head and I feel better and I get some oxygen and my body is rejuvenated and I get exercise and endorphins kick in and all that. Yes, I'm doing that for myself. That's not a bad thing. Exactly. And that's what I that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Why are we demonizing these things simply because they seem oh, selfish. So you're saying it shouldn't be a moral judgment. It should. Yeah. It I don't, like, th- I don't see, I don't see why it's, I don't see why being selfish is a bad thing. You, when it has done, to be when it's destroying people's lives. Yeah. You, well, you have to learn to control it. it just like anything else. Self-control has to be the line, but why is it bad to be selfish in a moment or two here and there? Once well, a month, Hey, whatever. when I, sm- what, what about the advanced, like kind of the middle ground, like Colorado, they have casinos, but they have limits. Even, no matter what, the, the biggest bet you're going to make in Colorado is a hundred dollars. That's Even, great. And, and but so, it shouldn't be a hundred dollars. But they should. What? What? No. I mean, I'm in this realm. I'm like very. Dude, people should be able to give away all their money if they want, if they're dumbasses. Um, what I want to regulate is the people that are trying to get them to gamble, right? So, like. If, if you're if you're if you're trying if you're predatory if you're being predatory and you're making them send their money when they wouldn't, that's what I'm talking about. But not the, the same, not the same at all, but similar. Cigarettes aren't illegal, but advertising cigarettes is. That's the, yeah, right. yeah. But don't but don't go as far as like I, I honestly think the cigarette lobby went a little bit like too far. I don't you don't have to cut this. I, I like I don't know people like I have a a, a real thing with like personal decisions and like what you should be able to do with your body as your a person that owns your own body you should be able to to tarnish it if you want um i agree but but i i'm I'm probably but yeah but like do you think those the ability to do that should be more difficult if it's going to be ultimately deadly i think the uh the marketing of it and like the 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 influence of like making you do it but like if you want to like just if you want if you want to do something in america you should be able to do it as long as you're not hurting anyone else outside of your sphere right not your wife or your kids but as long as you're not hurting i'm allowed to hurt my wife and kids yes you are in america yes cool but you're not like joe schmo right like as long as i'm not like going out and like actively hurting anyone you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do in this country. No, I agree. You, you should be allowed to hit yourself in the face with a baseball bat. That's that, why is that, that shouldn't be illegal. And it, the only reason I use that stupid euphemism or metaphor there is that why, you should be allowed to throw all your money away. If I really like literally I, I'm bringing up hiking and gambling conjo- conjoined on purpose because last two weekends ago, I went on a hike 
and the hike ended real near the casinos up in Black Hawk. If you say it too fast, sounds way worse. Black, the animal hawk casinos uh, up in Colorado. And it was fucking gorgeous. I went on a beautiful hike, had a great time, came back in and then and just walked into the sports casino, saw whatever well, game was I'm, on and live bet it and sat down. It was a great fucking day. But what if I tell somebody I go on a hike, they go, oh, good for you. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> universally, without fail, nobody goes, Ugh. but if I tell somebody, yeah, I went and gambled and drank and lost money and watched sports for a couple hours, some uh, will go, Ugh. Our friend group would be like, how much well, did you lose? <laughs> We've all been gambling since forever. I mean, shit, the reason Sam and I ever liked gambling in the first place, I was like 18, Sam was 16. We were in a Miami airport. I bought us each a scratch-off certificate because we were just killing time. I bought us each a scratch-off certificate. Of course I lost, and of course Sam fucking won. So I have to take it back in and turn it in and cash Joe, it out. This is this is actually like transitioning to my one question. Perfect. I go back in. I, tr- I turn it in, get the money. I buy us each one more. Of course I lose. Of course Sam wins. I go back. Return. Literally, without. I'm not kidding at all. I'm not exaggerating. My mom was there. My dad was there. Seven times in a row. Sam won his first scratch-off ticket, then his second, third, fourth, seven in a row. Of course, we are now hooked on gambling. How could we not be? Like It, it was in our view. See so, that man go on that run? Yeah. It, it was insane. Even the lady behind the counter was just like stunned by the time I kept walking back in. She was like, you're not. like You, you got to be kidding. And it was, just, it, it was amazing. It was just, so I get, well, Vance, actually, go. I, I can't believe I finally teed you up a good question. Go for it. What's your yeah, question? Okay, so, so that hits both of my points I want to ask about. One, first one that we can discuss luck do you believe in it Ooh, and and fucking good question. how much does it actually influence gambling because i think it determines everything i think it's a i think it's 50 50 factor i'm a really lucky person i've always been a lucky person sam i've never encountered anyone that's luckier than me until i met sam sam's the luckiest person on the fucking planet sam it's like, it doesn't matter what's going to happen because Sam can like preordain the like, what's going to happen? What card's going to come up? He just knows it's going to happen. I have the same thing, but my powers are very limited compared to Sam. My Sam beat power. me once at the Dillard's house. I went all in with ace eight. We were heads up, final table, just me and Sam. I went all in with ace eight. He called me with ace seven and he fucking beat me. That was like my introduction to that Sam. Was your like, fault. Uh, yeah, I, should, I never should have done that. Play, never, that play. was my introduction to like uh, Sam being just this weird super. Pe- this was before I was eighteen, so I wasn't even able to like buy scratch offs. I didn't know this yet. It was just Sam's lucky superpower or whatever the fuck. It's like that guy in Deadpool. That's Sam for yes. sure. So I know this because Lauren, when she first met me, I would do things that are very outside of her comfort zone, aka like not study for tests and not do stuff. But everything would just work out. It was fine. And she started calling it advanced luck and it's it stuck. So everything like, like today I had this hearing, didn't really prepare for it. We got snowed out. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Advanced <laughs> luck. So do y'all uh, believe in the general specific concept of luck? General specific. 100%. That's the only. So luck does exist. In a, it, so to tie it all together, if I'm going to believe in a higher God or a higher power, lady luck is literally like the most tangible power I've ever felt in my entire life or seen. E, as the only person on this podcast that I'm certain does believe in God, do you believe in luck as well? Yeah, I do. How do you juxtapose that? Why why would they not line up for something? Like, why would somebody not be blessed 
in being lucky in life and other people be tested. There's literally an entire book called Job about a guy who's unlucky. Yeah, but it, in my head, God controls everything. I'm so glad that Job. God controls everything, right? So then luck doesn't exist if it's all literally being controlled. I mean, now you're talking about like predestination and that kind of thing. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case, right? Because you're essentially eliminating free will. Except his answer. Yes. The Bible endorses luck. So the Bible endorses gambling? There was gambling Uh, in the Bible. Yeah. It was in the temple. Yeah, but Jesus was quite against that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the temple... Maybe more than it was gambling. I don't think we totally know because it was God's house. That's aggro Jesus. That's what aggro Jesus when he like Jesus. throws over the table. That's, yeah, that's my favorite Jesus. He's that's the He's best. Ripped kind. out. Wait, Sam, do you believe in luck in just the concept itself? Absolutely. I if I had a nickel for all the people that told me that I'm the luckiest motherfucker <laughs> they've ever met, I fucking I, believe that. I would be so fucking rich. Yeah. Like, but like, I, I think it's all on a sample size. I, I, I really do. I mean, I might be in my upswing. You know, you might win 10 in a row, but I mean, I would fully expect to then lose the next 10 in a row. I think everything's going to even out eventually, but I, I'm certainly in a, an upswing. Do you guys think it'd be weird to uh, re, really into gambling and not believe in luck? Because at that point, what are you doing? Yeah, you have to believe well, in Well, then you're, you're dumb. That's a great point. No, that's a really yeah. What, what are you betting on? If you don't believe, I only in believe in numbers, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> no, you're right, but I mean, but I think there's a point, Sam. To, to I think there's something to what you just said because even if you do go on a heater, the inevitable crash is going to happen. Much like when Vance and I and some others were in a Sioux City casino, the Hard Rock, I threw 13 winning craps dice throws in a row. This was on yeah, my bachelor party. Nothing. I was. Don't you worry. This happened. Don't you worry. This happened. I remember specifically because uh, Clay yelled out that it was my bachelor party. And so the 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 guy running the game, I don't know if you call him a dealer or whatever you call it, the, the craps aficionado. Anyways, the dude in a tie, he was like, every time you roll, say something you love about your soon-to-be wife. So I literally did. I said, so, you know, liked her personality, liked her, you know, I'm sure I said vulgar things because it was quite late and we were drunk. Uh, 13 in a row. I remember that specifically. And then what also I remember is so later- Was your wife's breast and or private parts mentioned at the table? Every single one of them was, was, okay, good, that good, was good, the good, reason good. we won. I'm certain of it. That was the 13 in a row, huge high. And the inevitable downside came because I don't remember when it happened, but I woke up in the bathroom stall a few hours later. And as I woke up, I went, oh, holy, what the fuck? Huh? And I heard Clay to the left of me go, Joe? Yeah. He goes, oh, dude, I don't know when I passed out in here. I was like, yeah, no, me too, bro. I don't know what's going on. So the inevitable downside does come, uh, whether or not that's, it, you know, involves you passing out in the bathroom or whatever. But I think maybe that's it. You, you only catch lucky breaks on occasion. But if you take it over time, do you also catch the, the exact same amount of bad lucky breaks? Like, uh, it, you want, hey, Joe, while you were sitting on that toilet, I was sleep, in a hand. Sleeping. I was in a hand at the cash, at the cash table. Uh, $700 hand. Uh, I had flopped. I had pocket sevens. Flop comes four, seven, three off. Pocket sevens. So I have nuts. Uh, so I'm sorry. Four, seven, three. The four and the three are spades. The you, seven you don't have the nuts, by the way. I yeah, don't there's a straight up. Oh, yeah. Well, I flopped the nuts technically. Like, I don't no. know. 
not with Not even technically. Don't worry. Just, guys, it happens. Don't make him get the rule book. You know, you know what my percentage is right now to win yeah. this The game. point is you're looking good. That's your point. Um, I go all in. Uh, the South Dakota man that Sam probably played against called me. He was an old man. Uh, he's got a plus draw. It's a $700 hand. This is a 2-3 table, right? This is $700. And like, I was being ridiculous about it. I pre-flop, I, I, I think I raised $20 pre-flop and he raised me and then I called him with pocket sevens and then I hit. What, the what's trip. his hand? Uh, he has ace eight suited. He's he, on a plus. So, so he three bets you? He, so I raise, I'm out of position with and you se- sevens. I raised 20 on a $3 blind. He, and he's in position on you and he, he's a, he you raised back. 20 and I call flop is that. And then I, I just, what I do every time is I bet, you know, I just continuation bet it. And then he raises all in. And I call because I would have not call. And of course, the next card is a spade. I mean, I knew it was coming. Like it yeah. had to come. So, but Sam, do you have any idea what the percentages of that would be? Because it doesn't seem like it's that, that crazy. 30, 37% of the time he's winning. Yeah. It's about like a 70 to 80. Well, actually, technically, because I, I got to see, what did I get to see? It was like I mean, on the flop, on the flop. Even though you flopped your set, I guess he's losing one out. So I mean, he's he's thirty percent. But the pot odds, the pot odds to him were not in any way worth it, given my bet of all in. One of your biggest problems is you're assuming that your opponent understands pot odds when you just said he's an all South Dakota man. That, yeah, that, that was my right problem, you, and that's why I exited and, the game with zero money. That's why that's why he goes all in because if he just bets at you or check or or raises you back, he has fold equity and has, he's got to let it go. But I wanted him to do that because I was ahead by a large margin, so I I was welcoming this. But yes, sometimes you just lose, Joe. Where, Actually, are, you I, play, where are you playing? I'm like where uh, over in Virginia. This is the Hard Rock Casino in Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, uh, where are you playing around your house? Didn't you say you're playing somewhere out there? I play at MGM. MGM is like three miles from my house now. Um, it's easy. Like, you just play your cards. What are they Very playing? Two, one, three, two, three, two, five? It's th- two, three. Okay. It's like Annie or something. I don't know. I don't keep track of that shit. I just take my money, let me gamble. Let me be these people. And that's specifically the thing. Take my money and let me gamble is is the same as take my money and let me watch a movie. What's take the what's the minimum me. what's the minimum buying? A hundred? Uh Sam's already planning like when he's gonna get out here. He's like, we're gonna go next week. But dude, I'll, like if I can get equity from Lauren, I would bump it up because like my poker game is very good now. I'm much better than I was. Are you only playing hold'em? Yeah, man. Therapy, therapy, bro. I'm good. I'm chill. Whatever. Do you, I'm fine. Do you I, get like, therapy I, I have a question for y'all. Do you guys remember your losses more than you remember your wins? Of course. 
I check them. Yeah, I don't remember any of them. I forget about them pretty quick. Interesting. Well, that's where you are. I, I remember the losses much more than I remember the wins, but I'm guessing Sam wins more than we do. I only remember the the, the losses. I never remember. I the remember wins. both, but I remember the losses more. Joe, do you? I've I have. I, I have fonder memories of the wins, the losses I, I can recall, but like the high, especially when it's sports gambling in Vegas or in a room where everybody has money on one side or whatever. Like I remember Sam and I were in Vegas one time. We bet on Aggie game. Sam's wearing an Aggie shirt. There's other Aggies in Aggie shirts. I'm wearing a Baylor shirt or whatever, but they weren't playing Baylor. So I had money on the game of it. I fucking, this was eight years ago, you know, against somebody. Y'all were still in the Big 12 before you guys deserted us, a bunch of deserters, a bunch of Benedict Arnolds. But yeah, so like the, the high fives and the, the camaraderie and like, oh yeah, I'm a jumping down. That wow. sticks out to me as much as anything. And that's not even necessarily the win. It's like mid-third quarter, a big field goal or whatever to end the quarter and like they go up one. Yeah. That moment, I remember, I almost remember the moment. more than I remember the experience though. That's yeah. different remembering the actual results are like, yeah, but I think that's more what I'm paying for. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that if, if you're going into it again, just like any drug or just like, you know, it obviously if you eat six cheeseburgers in a night, that's not gonna be good for you. If you, if you lose your rent money, that's not gonna be good for you. You know, what? if you smoke so much, you're so fucking retarded. You can't get off the couch. Like none of these things are good, but if you do a little of them every now and again, it's a, it's a really good thing. I've enjoyed here, it. Here's here. Here's the thing. Um, a lot of my clients make less than $40,000 a year. If you sell them the fact that they can like, they can take their paycheck and they can make double that by just making one bet. Now they should be able to do that. However, we don't like the predatory aspect of like getting them to actually convince them to do that is yeah. a it's a bad idea. It feels like, like an yeah. it feels like a pyramid scheme style, like predatory, like, oh, come on, you can make so much extra money. Like it, it you know, you're selling hope, I guess, is what you're Wouldn't selling. Wouldn't it be different if the odds were like more even for them? Isn't this a question of like odds at this point? If I got a twenty thousand dollar check check, like I'd be spending some of that at the yeah, casino. 100%. I don't care if I was hurt. Yeah. I'd be at the casino. And so it's not like like a oh, these people like are spending all their money. It's like when you come into a little money as an American you want to kind of have a little fun with it, right? Well, not even just as an American, man. Like most countries are big into gambling, like big, big into gambling. Besides like there's a couple of countries like you can't not Cambodia, you know, not like Singapore. Dude, yeah. I tried to find a place to, to gamble in Germany and I could not find it. Really? I don't well, think I, I could, been... but it was shitty. It was really oh, shitty. Oh, yes. In most places, it's a lot like, you know, South Dakota, where it's just literally just slots and whatever, you know, no big deal. But like yeah. in uh, in Japan, table games are illegal, but sports betting, totally cool. Spain is the biggest gambling country in the EU. Uh, on average, every citizen spends over 700 euros per year gambling. Like, that, like doesn't sound like a lot, but when you take into account, they're fucking yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it, I think it's. I don't think it's necessarily American. I think it's just that that's just human nature, man. Like it goes back to the first ever gambling establishment, like full on, full fledged gambling establishment was uh, 1638, the Grand Canal in Venice. I mean, it, and then that was 1638. It was the Opera House. Wait, they the had Chinese a sideway. Now, well, okay, that's gambling. the thing. It, it goes back to the very first Chinese dynasty over 4,000 years ago. 
but they weren't officially state-sanctioned recognized gambling houses. This one in, in Venice, it was in the opera house. Really? It was it was it was a wing off of the opera house that during the intermission, everybody just stood up, went over and gambled for 30 minutes and came back and listened to more. But yeah, the one in China goes back 4,000 years ago. And it's mostly believed to have played a, a big role in Sam and I's favorite game, Moglog. Also, uh, Pai Gao, Tian Gao, Fan Tan, and many other uh, Texas favorites that we all have come to know and love. Sam and I really did play. I don't even know how you're supposed to say it. Sam, what's the real name of that game? Um, Pai Shao? Moglai? Whatever the real game is, Sam and I tried our hand one night, and we actually made a little bit of money for a minute, and it was really fun, and then lost it all, obviously. We hit some some dragon. Yeah, we hit some dragon bonus. Do you remember that dragon bonus in Oklahoma? Oh man, when you, oh, when you don't Bak- know when you don't know why you're losing or winning is the best. You're like, yes, yeah, you just sit there win. anyway, though. What is? Yeah, that's so fun when you're just like, a blast. Let's see what happens. Did I win? Yeah, <laughs> equally fun was uh, Sam. We went to Boomtown. Where was that? Was that Shreveport, Louisiana? Where was Boomtown? Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm drinking what I think are Crown and Cokes. I've had 15. They're definitely well whiskey, and I don't even know if it's Coke. Doesn't matter. Point of the story is this is how much Sam's into gambling. And this is again 10 years ago, long before he ever started his poker houses or whatever. I am quite literally on the floor of our hotel room puking into a bucket because I don't have the wherewithal to sit or even stand up to puke in the toilet. I'm puking in a bucket. Sam opens the bathroom door and goes, Hey, I'm going to make one more run of the blackjack tables. You coming? I. <laughs> I am puking on the floor, sir. What do you she mean? Came, bro. Did you oh, I did. I went later. I yes, fucking you went did. Later. You oh met God. me down there. Dude, the black, dude, blackjack's easy. It's very, yeah. all you have to do is hit or stay. You can do it. Speaking of easy, do y'all do scratch offs or Powerball and that shit? Do y'all get into that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Of course I do. Do you? Yes. What's I got an app on my phone where I can buy my Powerball and Texas Lotto tickets. I don't do you have an app where you can scan the barcode and you don't even have to scratch your ticket? You just scan it? Yeah. I oh, hate yeah. that. So I will buy them for Lauren. So Lauren and I, I'll buy one for like Lauren and me and her will like scratch it off together. And they'll be like, oh, it's like a little like gambling like moment. Yeah, you Dude, bought a try it with Sarah. Yeah. No, Sarah. Sarah will never. She ref- she refuses yeah. to put up a hey, dollar. It's, it's funny that we um, married these people, right? Thank God, I'd be broke or dead, like for yeah. sure. I I, I would be. I would be. Oh, here's something fun. I, here's. Do you want to talk about the morals issues of gambling? Uh, the more I research this shit, do y'all know about Michael Jordan's dad and and the alleged yeah. mafia oh, yeah. possibly killed his dad because of gambling deaths? Like, uh, holy shit! Get, get Rob Salmon on the podcast, friend of the show. Um, get him on because he really like told me all about like the backstory of that. It's insane. It's deep, dude. I, I went down a deep rabbit hole. Also, while on this rabbit hole, I found people online that are just just brilliant asking questions like, why don't billionaires buy every single lotto ticket to guarantee their winnings? And the answers are not because they're already a billionaire, you fucking muppet. Instead, people broke down the costs of the ticket, how much time it would take to buy every ticket. And dude, they literally, there's guys are like, well, you'd have to transport and store all the tickets after purchasing them all. And if you really bought all the tickets, it would stack up to about 1.5 miles high. And then if somebody does win, and then you also got to remember that, you know, you you have to spend time buying these tickets. So it's going to take you. And I was like, you people are real people. I can't believe anybody spent that much time putting that together. But yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised. So you guys do like, 
what's the break for Powerball? How much does it need to be worth for you to buy a ticket? Oh, good question. I, me, I bought at a billion. I yeah. mean, you know, if the cash option is over like fifty million, I'll probably buy one. That's fair. Buy, buy one. Yeah, I just buy one. Yeah, yeah right. Well, come on, here's the deal. So I was I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Gabe Hodge, about this, right? Friend of the show. And I was essentially saying, what I'm essentially doing is buying the entertainment value of the thought process of what happens if I win. Yes. Right? Like, I'm not expecting anything out of this. You, the Laura Lodge numbers are saying, like, if you're buying one ticket, it's the same as buying two. It's yeah. The same thing. It, it's essentially zero no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, but the, what uh, if it's one ticket to, like, I don't know, in, in my world, a lot of people bought, like, 100 tickets. So they spend anywhere from, like, two to $400. I go to the stock market for that. If I want to blow my money on something that's fun, stock market. So when they do that, though, are they thinking of it as like an investment as a gamble or is it more just like this is what I'm like? I'm trying to understand the thought process there of doing that instead of just like, let me put three hundred dollars on a sports bet. Um, it's really no different than y'all's like these guys are professional poker players. And so, I mean, this is their job. And so it's the same as, you know, you guys coming home on the you know day from your job saying, sure, I'll grab a couple tickets or maybe one ticket. The difference is these guys are typically a lot more willing to risk, yeah. you know, their hard-earned money on, on something like this, which is why, you know, yeah, they go and buy 20 tickets or 50 tickets or, you know, 100 tickets, like I said. And, and But, I mean, yeah, it's it, they don't really look at it as any any different. Like, it's not like a... I mean, they know their odds of winning are slim, but just like everybody's like, hey, fuck it. It's at a billion dollars. Let's just, buy a couple of tickets yeah, on the way home. willing to risk more than I am. And, yeah. Well, and that's the line. According to a woman, Kelly Kripe, uh, she's a Texas lottery spokesperson. The only real oh, yeah. numbers I could find was Texas lottery. But the the line that Texas lottery knows, uh, a, a, at least whenever the price, the total winnings gets over $450 million or more on average – 10 times more tickets are purchased. Yeah. Once the once the potential winnings crosses that line, people jump. Why I don't know. What you're going to do with 150 million versus 400 million, nothing really changes, but I for some reason that greed jumps. Part that's, of it. Go ahead. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. I mean, that's a that's a big number. And yeah, and literally yeah, you see, it's on the ticket like, I don't. You have yeah, I really don't. 1 in 380 million or whatever and i think once it goes above that number literally people in their head go oh well this is actually a good investment uh, once it gets that high they think because it's, worth, it's it. worth it like i yeah. i have a better chance than the odds, the yeah, it than the odds. but it really that checks out that's the thing is it doesn't check out at all like i mean whatever i'm not judging anybody well, if you do the math out. and it checks out go for it man <laughs> wait do you guys think that so in this in this past college football season i did see coaches what i thought was cover for the boosters they covered for the boosters like they kicked field the goal for, for the boosters how much do you think sports will actually get affected by that kind of thing because that was the whole thing with 
why it was illegal in the first place is like they're going to rig it. It's going to yeah, be nasty. Exactly. And do you think that's going on now? In fighting, for sure. UFC is all rigged, in my opinion, now. I think it's all rigged. There's a podcast I listen to that says if it's not already, it's soon going to go the way of wrestling tour. It's just like these guys are going to realize like we don't have to actually break each other's arms and legs. We can just kind of fake it and get paid. No, 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 Joe, it's going to go. If I get knocked out, all I have to do is get knocked out and I get $3 million. Sure. Knock me out. Knock me the fuck out. Like McGregor lost. Right. And so like a third fight with Poirier or whatever his name was, like we'll net him more than whatever else he was going to do, right? So, like, is it financially beneficial for some of these guys to lose sometimes? And then, so, like, how far is that going to go now that it's legalized and you can actually bet on it? That was my... Do you think the coaches really do have that in their mind? Like, in late fourth quarter, do you think they really care? I'm with you. I don't think coaches give a shit. I think they just want to win. They do. Trust me. I saw it happen, dude. Jimbo did it. Like, it. they, dude, they... Those are the people paying the, the, the money. You gotta get them. You gotta make them cover that bet. And I mean, you know, in theory, the I, I believe that somebody would. Stupid little bet that they made versus the outcome of the game because they can go home to their wife and they can be like, "Hey, yeah, honey, I bet on the Aggies and we won because Jimbo kicked that field goal, even though we lost." Hmm. I find it hard to believe that's going on in their head with, with so much else already in you know in their game. But, but I mean, I'm not going to say it's not possible. It's clearly happened before. Like, I mean, athletes have done it. So, I mean, why wouldn't coaches, I suppose? I just don't think it's common. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I find it hard to believe it's common, too. Who's, over, who's overseeing whether or not it happens? No one, right? No one's actually, like, investigating. I mean – Right. Theory, I think, who is it that ends up doing it? I don't like these made for TV movies. I feel like it's always the FBI that comes in at some point because it's illegal gambling. It's it's uh, like racketeering or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, here's a question that Sam and I have talked about at multiple casinos after winning or losing, usually me losing. Do you think casinos ever cheat? Do you think they ever use like magnets in the roulette wheel or stack? Yeah. What you do? You ain't cheating. Ain't trying, bro. I don't because I think it's it's not worth the risk for them. The odds are already too good for them. We're like, it's. I think if that came out, that would like be a real problem for their business, and it's not worth it with the odds they already have. And you can't find a single story if you Google it. Their money (laughs) into the casino. No, man, it's that's why people when you approach the casino, you should approach it like I'm going to lose X amount of money. How much am I willing to have fun? Because. No, they're going to ri- – I don't know. I would never put that past them. I don't know. Sam. Sam's all, all, always on the up and up course. I don't think – I mean, they have way too much to risk. Maybe maybe some of your real small gas station slash subway sandwich slash casinos, you know, tighten up their, up their slots past regulations, you know, allow. But that I, I would buy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think, you know, your, your actual, you know, corporate casino. I mean, there's way too much to risk. Then, then yeah, then credibility means a lot. Then, oh, it has to. to and also, like, you, you're a publicly traded company. Like, yeah, good point. That's a really good point. If you're if you're walking down the strip and you're looking at four different casinos, going, I wonder where I'm going to gamble, and you go, oh, well, that one I heard last year they did what? It, you're never going to go back there. Like, here's here's why I ask that because you guys probably haven't heard, or at least I hadn't. Bill Benter, uh, he was a mathematician back in the day. He's the guy that helped write the book Beat the Dealer. He teamed up with this dude named Oh 
fuck Ed Thorpe. He was a mathematics PhD from UCLA, which Vance, he's no Stanford. I mean, it's no, it's yeah. no Stanford, but he's UCLA mathematics PhD. These two dudes wrote the book, Beat the Dealer. And within two years, Vegas had literally changed the odds of the payouts because they were like, well, shit, we literally have to just adjust this because now that the house has an edge, we're just going to change our rules. So that's what I think Vegas does. I think they put it in your face when they tell you we're fucking you. I don't think they do it behind the scenes. I don't think they would risk it because they're just going to boldly tell you, look, don't play. We're going to change the rules because we know now you guys got better. So we they literally Vegas changed the rules. But here's something I didn't know they did. Ed, the guy that helped write the book, he also met a guy named Claude Shannon who was like a, a, a technology guy back in the 60s. Well, together, they made the first ever wearable computer. They had this giant fucking thing. It was massive back in the day, 1961 technology. So you know it was huge. They wore it to the blackjack table and would enter in every card that was dealt as it was being dealt. And the dealers didn't care. And the casinos didn't care. And they let them do it for 24 years until the casinos the casinos finally said no more technology at the table we have to stop you from doing this but they allowed it for 24 fucking years they just didn't understand technology they didn't get it they didn't understand why these guys were winning because of this computer and eventually they figured it out and they all got kicked out it's the same thing yeah it's it's insane how much they were allowed to do Closing statements, everybody. Now, this has actually honestly been really fun. I mean, gambling is just fun. And as long as you can control yourself, that's kind of the idea. But maybe that's the issue is that people can't control themselves. I don't know. Well, look, everyone subscribe to our future podcast, which is going to be us for literally just talking about sports gambling. Making you so much money out there. That's right. That's right. I mean, honestly, we're all put our brains together. So, you know, we know your shit. Yeah, definitely. Hey, man, I won money off of. The coin toss in the Super Bowl, 20 bucks, baby. Bang, bang. Sam, you got any closing statements, bro? Anything you want to shout out to your club or whatever? Palms, right? I don't necessarily know if I want to promote that on this channel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are America's number one conservative podcast. Number one. Yeah. Well, guys, anybody listening, if you've made it this far, first of all, thank you. And secondly, the one thing you need to remember about gambling is it's it's a lot like working at the Gap, specifically in the jeans section. Because you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Thanks.